The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Make some noise, Orange fans! It's time for the Juice Nation Podcast with Sean and Joe. Give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Nation Podcast. All right, what's up, Juice Nation? Welcome to episode 29 of the Cuse Nation podcast with Sean and Joe. We can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and iHeartRadio. So welcome once again. We're going to go over uh, a couple little noteworthy things having to do with um, Syracuse in general. As far as football goes, we don't have any basketball news as far as I know, right, Joe? No, no. Nothing's we're, really we're, changed. So we're, we're waiting for this, some uh, visits and stuff like that. But that's right, uh, Buddy Beheim's official visit, which um, like he's never been there. Yeah. <laughs> but you know how that goes. Um, yeah. We'll do um, we'll do the um, Central Michigan post game, LSU pregame, and some NFL if we have time. So SU sitting at two and one, and I saw. On Syracuse, I think it was Syracuse.com. Yeah, the uh, the 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 where do you stand? They got this poll up. If you want to take it uh, or just take a look at it, even Syracuse football faith poll. How are you feeling after the win over Central Michigan? Well, this is like their last softball game of the season, and um, just looking at this here, it's forty four. Call it forty five percent. Say taking deep breaths before the brutal schedule. Thirty percent say exactly the same. Um, 16% say I smell an upset brewing in Baton Rouge, uh, 6.8% football. Don't you know, Paul McCartney's at the dome Saturday. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You lose me with that. You lose me with that. And 2% at other. So, um, most Syracuse fans realizing obviously the brutal schedule and, uh, it's going to take a lot at sitting at two and one to, um, to, to get a bowl game, although bowl hopes up 7% from last week, from, <laughs> from a dire 15% to a to a uh, more positive dire 22%. So there's your bowl, there's your bowl hope predictions. Uh, Still a little weak. <laughs> by the experts. So, Joe, I think, you, I think you said this, and correct me if I'm wrong, but NC State, did you say that was going to be like the most – they're going to be the most vulnerable for the upset um, from us yeah. going forward. And we're going to need yeah. to upset the apple cart a little bit to, um, I think personally, and I'm not trying to be negative Nelly, but we're going to have to pull, pull something out to even get to five and seven and hope that, you know, we can catch, catch one that's loose something, anything. So, yeah. Yeah, no, no, I, I said that, and I still I'm kind of on the the same kind of boat with that. The other teams still have looked strong, um, and they just have superior superior depth depth and athletes. And um, NC State they have 
good players in certain situations and in certain places. Um, And I mean, they got a tough one against Florida state this week. So I think we'll see a little bit more, but NC state's one of those teams that always tends to uh, kind of underachieve with the talent that they have. So that's still kind of where I'm staying. I think if uh, LSU would have uh, won this past Saturday instead of get their, uh, you know what kicked uh, by Mississippi state, then maybe there would have been a chance for LSU to uh, overlook us. But um, now that that happened and they're going back home, um, they're going to be hungry to uh, to get a win because um, they kind of got embarrassed. So it's kind of a bad week to uh, to go down to Baton Rouge. Yeah, they're so. going to be looking for redemption. I mean, they got shellacked. So. Yeah. Now, does that, does that say anything about the football team? I mean, does that give you hope or does that make you <laughs> – <laughs> I mean, I think it does because I have I went and I, I listened to um, Ed Orgeron's uh, post game um, com- press conference and uh, and he just I mean you can kind of tell that he they just don't have as talented as a team as or as deep a team. Um, I don't know if it's because of less miles leaving or if there's just a lot of young players, but per per what they usually have they don't have the same, you know, kind of talent. So, I mean, you can kind of tell in his voice that he's a little, you know, worried, not necessarily worried about Syracuse, but just worried as, you know, worried about his team as a whole for the season. So um, they have a lot of things that they got to pick up and, 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 and get right. But under the lights down in Baton Rouge, I mean, that, that game atmosphere is intense. Probably something that, you know, Syracuse hasn't seen in an, on a road conference game in a, in a while. So Is that um, their home opener? Is that LSU's home opener? Or did they play No, oh, no. Okay. They've had a they've had a home opener. Um I'm sure they had a um I think they played BYU week one. Um they beat them. Um I, that might that might not have been home. So yeah, it could be their home opener. Um, I mean they I'm just not, got sure. they got stomped on both sides of the ball, LSU did. Uh, yeah. I, I mean yeah. You know, two hundred putting up two hundred and seventy yards to um, Mississippi State's four sixty five. I mean, that's that's brutal. Uh, time of possession was just awful. I mean, they got crushed there. Um, no turnovers in that game, but yeah, I mean, the matchup just just is just dominant. So uh, I I don't. I'm with, I'm with you. I I think um, I'm going to be optimistic. But um, we'll see what happens. Well, as we get into, before we get to most of that, though, um, or maybe who knows, maybe there's not a whole lot more to cover on that. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But there's not a whole lot to say about it. Because, well, let's look at Central Michigan. When Syracuse had, like, a really sloppy first half. I mean, the most notable is going down to, to down and punt inside the one and and all you got to do is touch the ball, and he he did everything but touch the ball actually, and it, and it went to <laughs> yeah. the end zone. <laughs> yeah, he danced around yeah. it. I mean, he was over top of it. All you got to do is touch the ball, dude. I mean, you don't yeah. have to jump on it. Yeah. you know this was, is basic stuff. I was nervous in the first quarter and a half. Uh, it was awful. Yeah, I mean, it was it was like oh here we go again. You know, I mean we were moving the ball a little bit but i mean <laughs> then we have the interception that you know he throws off the guy's back you know uh, for a receiver screenplay and just hits some guy in the back pops up they get it i mean it was kind of like oh here you know here we go again um as far as you know middle tennessee state but um i think uh 
Central Michigan took the lead 17-10 like halfway through the second quarter. Yeah. And then then um, we ended up scoring two more touchdowns, uh, one of which was that uh, interception for a touchdown, which might have been the biggest play um, to take the lead 24-17 going into half. And then we end up breaking it open. Um, I think Central Michigan eventually got tired because of the pace of the game. Um, you could just tell that their offensive line wasn't in the second half. Um, they started getting tired. We started getting more pressure on the quarterback, hitting the quarterback. Um, and on on uh, on offense, I mean, we ended up with over 300 yards rushing, and there was a lot of big running plays in the second half. So two I mean, we for were over 41. 70. Yeah, we were we were we were uh, we ended up winning 41-17. We scored 31 un- unanswered points, and um, it probably could have went could have been more if we didn't you know take the uh take take the foot off the gas um so it was a a lot better looking game than than the week before and obviously i mean judged by it still is central michigan so i mean judged by that poll that you were talking about you can't really get too overconfident because it is just one game and although middle tennessee state was one that everyone thought we had to win um again um it was good to come to see them come back and kind of I mean, if you look at some of the numbers, we did have some turnovers, some bad penalties, some emotional you know, penalties that were bad, you know, late hits, extra um, curricular stuff after plays. But um, I, I felt like from the middle of the second quarter on, we pretty much dominated that game. So No, totally. And the second half was all there, so it wasn't even close. And we talked, and um, exactly what you said happened, was going to happen, happened, and is that is SU – um, just wearing them down. They just got. They just the defense just got tired, and they just couldn't even keep up anymore. So, um, yeah. And, I mean, and we did have some inju- injuries. You know, there were some players that didn't play um, from the week before, and we had some players that got hurt. One, one I'm worried about is Irv Phillips. You know, number three, our slot receiver. He's a key player on our offense that got hurt early, and I mean, I don't know what the. Uh, what the injury is because they keep that pretty uh pretty close to the chest uh but um yeah there was like he was knocked out to me there, I don't know yeah that to me too I mean his face slid on the turf so I mean yeah. it was limp yeah oh his body <laughs> rolled across the ball limp yeah so. yeah so um and <laughs> I just hope that it wasn't that bad of a concussion to where he's going to be um out for next week that's all well I don't know it ain't looking good because during the the LSU pregame conference press conference with babers uh he you know he that was the first thing he said was he has doesn't have any information on that that's you say no news is good news i disagree when it comes to stuff like that some some news would be optimistic i think um, yeah i just i think it's one of those things where um especially in the past but uh, i don't know what it is it's just you know the lack of the interest of the fact that you know we have had mediocre to bad years but it just seems like it's, it's so many years in the past especially with scott schaefer and stuff and like do, injuries like dominate the the interviews and the press conference stuff um, it, yeah so, it, everybody that's like the first question out of reporters mouths is the injury right report. so i think he wanted to talk more about the game and nip it in the butt from the beginning to kind of just give all the reporters like hey don't ask any injury questions because that's your answer so i don't know um he, he doesn't like talking about that kind of stuff, you know. So, uh, oh, well, you just, know, I don't know a coach that would, you know. Right, right, right. And honestly, I mean, you want to hide that stuff as it is. I mean, and you come out and you know, yeah, maybe the people want to know, but at the end of the day, 
when he lets us know, then the other team knows. So exactly, at worst, that's why he did the same keep thing with Antoine guessing. Cordy. So yeah. keep him guessing, make them game plan like he's going to play. And then if he doesn't, you know, that's just something extra that they worked on in practice, you know, so. Exactly. So yeah. S- Syracuse sitting at two and one. Now it looks good. I think this is this is how I'm, this is how far I'm going to bring my optimism. Going to LSU, sitting at two and two. Maybe after that game, I'm just giving you worst case scenario. Yeah. Going in, going into NC State at two and two. If we can come out of there three and two, it breathes life back in. Okay, that's that's my best case scenario or my worst case scenario. But no, actually. It's right in the middle <laughs> because the best case scenario obviously would be two wins, but that would be right. tough. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of, you know. I think we, if we get one of the next two games exactly. as a win, then I think that puts us right back on track to try to get a bowl game. So, right. Thank you. It, it, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. So um, um, any more about oh, – oh, here, real quick. Let me just go over this. The Dome crowd, we talked about the Dome attendance last – I think it was last week. It's blending together. I think it was yeah. last week. Um, record yeah. low attendance at the Dome for the third year in a row. They're on track for this third year in a row. Um, the average in 2016 was 32,805 for 15. It was 31,102. And only the Central Connecticut game was, was it broke 30,000. And the other, the other two were um, you know, just over 29. The last two home right. games. So um, we talked about that. So I figured I'd bring up the actual numbers on that. It was a write-up. Um, yeah. um, one of those, uh, probably Syracuse.com, I think. Um, there was a write-up about well, it in it's, there. So. It's bad. It is. It's bad. It is. It's, you don't, I mean, you have so many just fair-weather fans, it's ridiculous. You know, because when it comes to basketball, you have people that will, you know, leave work go straight to the game in a blizzard and walk up the hill and I know and there's more basketball weather. games right you know what I mean you think you think with the least you know with the sport that has a little bit less games you'd try to make yourself available plus they're always you know on the weekend you know, oh, we're yeah. talking we're talking this you could could fill up the dome 28,000 on a Wednesday depends on who they're playing but they could do it you know or Tuesday right. so yeah it's um it's very, you know, and there's a bunch of things that you can blame it on. And, and I, I love, I, like I told you in the past, you know, I used to, to go on Syracuse.com and, and other um, websites and stuff and, and blogs and, and just look at the comments and look at the arguments and stuff. And I'm just always, you know, there's so many excuses. It's just excuse after excuse. It's, you know, the, what comes first, the chicken or the egg, you know, what comes first, you know, the fans showing up or wins, you know, that's just yeah. really what it is. You know, the fans want to go, oh, well, if they win and put a good product on the field, then, then they'll show up. But I, then I, you have the other, you have the other aspect where like these recruits, they see this dome on TV. The dome looks pathetic, you know, and when recruits go visit and they see that only half the domes filled or that basically there's less people, there's about as much people that show up to a basketball game like a conference basketball game just spread out through the whole dome and it just looks bad. It does so, play a part. It, it definitely does play a part. Right. And if the fans showed up and they, and, and, and it's students too, it's not just the yeah. fans in the community, but um, there's a lack of students. And the bottom line is, is that fans showed up 
that could really be a home field advantage, like a really, really big advantage. Because we talked about it last week. It gets loud in there. And I've seen it loud to where the offense can't even see – they can't even hear themselves, you know – they just can't think. They can't hear each other. They can't the play calls. You know, there's delay of games. There's teams using timeouts early. I mean, it's a huge, huge factor. And um, there's a reason why a lot of the teams that are end up being pretty good. You know, and like I said, you can argue it. Is it the wins? Is it because it's a good team? Who knows? I see but both I know, sides of the argument. Right, but I know one thing is that the fans can't blame it on the fair. And the fans can't blame it on <laughs> kickoff times anymore because that's what they did back in the day. Oh, you yeah. don't even got time for tailgates, the noon kickoff, and it's competing with the fair. Well, the last two weeks have been 3.30. And I don't know if Middle Tennessee State game was competing with the fair, but I know for a fact Central Michigan wasn't. So, um, No, I don't think it was. No, no. Uh, the first game of the season did. Um, you know, we go back to real quick um, the uh, – oh, Putting the product on the field—that's up to that's up to the, the the administration. That's up to Syracuse to really get that done. I can see that side of the argument, and I also see the other side. Like you said, you know, how are you going to get good recruits if if you know you're you're halfway three quarters away filling this giant stadium? And in, in, right. you know, it's just not well, that I much energy that in there. In the you know? I can see that yeah. argument in the past because in the past there's been. There's been, I mean, uh, let's be honest. I mean, how good was the attendance when Nassib was there and he was putting up school records, you know, and we actually had some NFL talent on the offensive line and in the offense, you know. And then after he graduated, I mean, God, the offense is like watching the damn watching paint dry sometimes. No, but you're right. <laughs> this, this offense that Dino Babers brings and the way that they play. It's exciting. Is, I think it's exciting. It's very, it's exciting to watch. It's, it's exciting to watch. There's big plays all over the place. Granted, it might not always be for us, but it's good football as <laughs> yeah. far as to watch. It's it's entertaining, you know. So, no one wants to watch a nine to three game like Buffalo and Carolina this past week, but <laughs> that's not gonna that's not gonna happen. With, I know I know that's professional, but come on. Uh, yeah, so, that was a, that was quite the the snooze fest. Um, oh god! Do we have any more to say about LSU? We can talk a little little uh, NFL real quick. No, LSU, um, the one thing about LSU that some people, I mean, at or- origin as the coach, an interim coach or whatever, but he um, he actually was a coach on uh, the staff at Syracuse, the Paul Pascaloni, for a couple of years. So he's got some Syracuse roots, and uh, he went on from there to obviously become a pretty successful coach. Um, but he wasn't the coach that they wanted and he was an assistant coach last year when they fired Les miles, he took over and then they didn't get the coaches in this off season that they wanted. So he stayed, but, um, they're not right now. They're not great at quarterback. Um, they do have a uh, true freshman that is starting to see more snaps in, in, uh, practice who might end up, um, playing a little bit more. Um, but, the the one of the main guys really in the last time when we played LSU in the dome is that they got a uh, guys this uh, running back who that people are saying that he's more talented than Fournette. Um, but from listening to like I was telling you Ed Origins um, press uh, press conference, he's a little worried about um, defensive line uh, depth, offensive line depth. I mean he's already was talking about having to go into junior college rankings next year to you know shore that up. And um, they don't really have the receiver. Their offensive coordinator, Matt Canada, was actually the offensive coordinator for Pittsburgh last year. And if you remember, 
the Pittsburgh game last year, they put up 76 points on us. Yeah. So yeah. Well, we put he up knows 60 something, right? Six. I think it was 61. So he knows our offense. But the thing is, is that he doesn't have the same weapons in this offense than he did last year. Last year, he had a a senior quarterback that could make the throws that he's asking him to make um, with uh, Peterman, who's on the Bills now. He's in, he's in the NFL. And, um, I mean, they do have a good running back, like I said, with LSU, and they do have good receivers, um, athletes anyway. But it seems like, from what I've heard, is an experienced or an inexperienced team with talent. Um, I mean, but they said the receivers are so thin that they had to move a five-star safety from defense to offense just to play uh, uh, receiver. Um, one of their better players on defense um, is a D tackle who is, they're saying is going to play on Sunday. Is probably going to be a first-round pick. But last week was his first game due to injury in the uh, offseason, and um, they said if there's going to be any issues, it's going to be his uh, you know, his stamina and um, saying that he might not be in game shape to play a bunch of snaps. So, And with the way that we play, you know that that could be a problem. Um, their middle linebacker had a targeting call last week, so he's going to be out the first half. So, um, I mean, they do have superior athletes, and it is the SEC, and they are playing at home, and they do. And there's just a bunch of stuff that's against us. But just hearing all this stuff just makes me wish even more that they would have pulled out the win last week in Starksville to beat Mississippi State because I feel like we might have had a chance um, this time around. Like I said, you never know. That's why they play the game, um, and maybe that loss puts them in a downward spiral for a couple games. Who knows? Maybe they might still take us lightly because it's just Syracuse. But I just feel like the fact that they lost and the fact they're going back home, night game, 7 o'clock on ESPN2, um, I feel like even if we make it close, right now it's a, I think we opened up like 23.5 point spread. So we're a 23.5 point underdog. Um, I would take Syracuse with those points um, probably 90%. <laughs> I think that it – we could easily have a good showing and still end up losing. Um, that's just a sad reality I of just, it. This, LS, this I, LSU team isn't the LSU team of LSU's of the past, but they still right. have more more talent than than we do. So I just want to see a good game. I don't want to see a blowout. Being it's yeah. going to be you know mm-hmm. a, a Saturday night. You know that's those are my favorite games. I don't care who's playing. Like yeah. the Saturday well, night primetime games, those are the best college football games of the day, most of the time. For right. me. I mean, because it's, yeah. it's my so, I'm a night owl. Right. And and that's all you can really hope for, especially when it comes to recruiting and stuff like that, too. Because um, uh, I don't care what anybody says. Um, Dino Babers, he has a system and he has a plan and it's been proven and it's worked. And he has been recruiting better. His recruiting classes have been better. We have him getting better athletes. It's just they're they're young and inexperienced and going against twenty and twenty one and twenty two year old grown men from you know the SEC right. is gonna be is gonna be difficult for us right now. But to go on a national stage playing on ESPN two, I mean we've had I've had I don't know about you, but I've had to stream every single game through ESPN three. Yeah, they've all been yeah, they've and, all been and, on the ESPN. And the average random kid who's just you know, like you said popping on a game on, that's on ESPN on a Saturday night, they're not going and searching for Syracuse Middle Tennessee State at 3.30 or Syracuse Central Michigan. So now it's going to be one of those things where we keep it a close game and you got some kids, you got anybody that's just scrolling through the, the channels and they see that and maybe the game's close. Oh, oh that was Syracuse is only down. Oh, this is a close game. And it just brings it brings more brings more positivity in, into the, into the um, 
the program. So that can help with stuff like that. So the last thing we need is for them to be scrolling through the channels and seeing, oh, 47 to 7. Oh, I'm just going to turn it to the Mississippi State-Georgia game on ESPN. So, <laughs> like, Exactly. I mean, that's where I'd be turning. That's where most people would, yeah. Um, so uh, the the NC State game, by the way, was was just announced time and local listings. So I think, Joe, you're going to that game. I think I'll yep. probably have to stream it. I'm not sure though, probably. but they just they did just announce all that stuff recently. Uh, by recently, I mean like I think like today. So you know, twelve twenty twelve twenty kickoff, right? I'm not sure. I'm I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, so anyway, Joe, you're going to be there. That's cool. Um, we'll we'll get another episode in before that. But LSU Saturday, seven o'clock. Tune in. Uh, I will be finally getting it in HD instead of that ESPN app. Need some work. Like oh, get God. a different server or something. I mean, what the I hell? I couldn't even read numbers. Jeez. So yeah, can we get more than? Uh five commercials because yeah, that's what yes. gets me. Yes. I'd rather every commercial break. It's like the top five. You know what I mean? I'd like, rather stare at a blank screen. Come on. Seriously. Um, no. So, okay, well let's, let's hit up some NFL real quick. Um, uh, a good week for me, a, a bad week for you. I had a, I had kind of a cake game. You kind of had a, um, yeah, you kind of I had think a Detroit's a little bit better than what people think, but um, yeah, well, Giants, I think Matthew not Stafford, man, all. dude, yeah, dude, no, you let him get he's away. A baller. He's he, a gamer. I mean, he ran the ball on you guys so many times. Hey, man, <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> I'm I'm just saying, dude. Um, all I'm saying is so, that if Brandon Marshall catches a ball in the third quarter or fourth quarter that uh, I could catch, then it would have been a different game. So we'll yeah. just leave it at that. Um, so, well, here's some notables from the week besides scores. Uh, Chargers coach Anthony Lynn ponders comp- – this is from ESPN – ponders competition for kicker Young-Ho Koo. Now, uh, you know, the first thing you think of is, uh, why would you name your kid Young-Ho? I mean, <laughs> right? Is, is that what you were thinking? No, I just – I mean, yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> Um, so maybe that's his dad's name. I mean, that ain't cool, man. <laughs> that ain't cool. <laughs> I mean, we could go on and on, but, um, yeah. so th- this dude's supposed to be a, a, a pretty good kicker. You said what, what were you telling me earlier? I believe that he was at least a blue Rosa finalist. If not, I mean, he, he was, uh, he played for Georgia Southern last year and, um, he was one of the better kickers in, uh, in the country in college football last year. So An- another, I mean, yeah, well, you know, the last one, if it gets blocked, it's not necessarily his fault all the time. No, if no. it's a clean snap and he's getting the ball, if he kicks it low, it's his problem. But if someone just gets through, I mean, what the hell is he supposed to do about it? So, um, anyway, the next thing we, we wanted to mention was a completely visual thing. And that's the cameraman at the, at the chiefs, what was it? Chiefs, uh, Eagles, Chiefs, yes. Eagles game. This dude just barrel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, she does flip 
out about five yards. When he's running, she flips out about five yards. He's carrying the, this this camera is like the size of him, and he just yeah. r- just rails it right right into runs her right over, man. And he keeps going. Yeah. So if well, you- <laughs> to her credit, she got back up and kept dancing. So. <laughs> she did. She did. I doubt that. Doubt that's how they saw it in practice, though. No, no, no kidding. It's like getting run over by a train. Um, and then the other thing that outraged people was, and you know, you hate to see it when you're when it's your team, when it's you know, when it's not your team, when it's the team you're playing and you're getting crushed, like the Jets did uh, against the Raiders this past weekend. And Marshawn Lynch just getting down on the sidelines. And when I say getting down, I mean he might as well have been standing on. You know the Gatorade table because <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which hey, was, that's his hometown, man. That is his home, dude. Marshawn Lynch has Oakland tattooed across his chest. I mean, yeah. he, he wanted to, he got his first touchdown in the home opener. He was happy, man. He was happy, and this is a guy who just paid twelve grand to flip off cameras. If he wants to dance, let the dude dance. I mean, what well, the hell, if right? If he wants to dance, let's, let's re- rephrase that. If he wants to dance, he's going to dance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. He will dance. He'll pay the fine later. That's yeah, right. He, doesn't, he does not care. I no. mean, I don't think – it wasn't coordinated. It was – I mean, he was happy. He's in the moment. You know, he was out of football for a couple of years. comes back. So the only team that he'd come back and play for, hometown kid, you know, grew up there, played – college ball at kale berkeley you know and then he gets drafted by buffalo <laughs> you know so no and he hated just, it too by the way oh he, he hated oh, he it. absolutely hated it and then he went to seattle when it was closer but still um he didn't like it enough to think that not handing the ball off in the super bowl really left a bad taste in his mouth and oh man decided to retire that was yeah a, i mean that was you know bone- what though i don't i don't mind him man he's having fun they're having fun. That's what it's about. Jets, Jets fans and Jets players got it. First off, if you're a Jets player, get ready for the norm because there's 15 <laughs> oh, yeah. more weeks. No kidding. <laughs> so, no kidding. I mean, and I'll say if, this: if you're worried. There was glimpses of glory with Josh McCown. I will say that. But he's always been a gunslinger. He did the same thing with the Browns. Uh, okay. Okay. Doesn't mean they're going to win games. No, you're but right. At the same time. I mean, that's if you're worried if you're a Jets player and you're worried about Marshawn Lynch dancing on, on the sideline, like, and then that's just that's your your key right there that hey, your season's <laughs> they're just gonna, gonna have suck. a bad year if you got to hold on to that. Uh, Marshawn Lynch, twelve carries, oh, yeah. forty five yards. Uh, so let's talk about the. You want to just hit up the the the. Um... Well, there's a couple other things I wanted to hit yeah, up with. Um, uh, just a couple accolades. Um, that charge going back to the Chargers game, Antonio Gates finally got that uh, 120th touchdown for a tight end. Um, so he finally broke that that they were trying for four weeks last year at the end of the year to get them. And uh, and also Joe Thomas uh, this past um, week, the lineman for the Brown. I mean, this guy has just been. I mean, talking about Iron Man for football. This guy's just been a consummate pro. He's never whined about being at Cleveland. Um, he was a beast, like in, in in college. And instead of going to the draft, that guy was on a fishing boat, bass fishing with his dad the day of the draft. Like he just That's doesn't awesome. care. He doesn't care about the glory or the, the this, this and that. And That's awesome. he literally he literally not missed the start. It's like a race and, car driver. Just they just they just want to play the sport. 
Yeah, and he, he hasn't missed a start since his career started. And this past week, I think he played his uh, ten thousandth straight uh, snap on Holy offense. Cow. So, yeah. So it's amazing. Um, he's just been a, a, a great pro, and it's too bad that Cleveland hasn't been able to put together a good team um, since he's been there. But um, and then also the other thing that I noticed, and you know, there's other things going on, and your Raiders do look good, and in, in, in the Chiefs, your whole division. I mean, Chiefs, Raiders, and San, uh, not San Diego, the Denver, yeah. um, have all started two and zero. Which that Denver Dallas game was also kind of surprising that, to that me. That was a shock to me. I have to say, but um, but um, Trevor Simeon. No, yeah, that was a shock. Um, but what was surprising to me was, uh, well, not really surprising, but more or less, I mean, after just last week with New England, New England coming back and Atlanta coming back, and it's almost like unless your Oakland Raiders or somebody from your division steps up and does something, it looks like they are on a collision course for another Super Bowl, especially the way that they played. Because Atlanta and New it's England, so they just did not look like they could be stopped last weekend on offense. So. I know it. I know it. Um the Raiders secondary, I mentioned that last week, still worries me a little bit. Um, they had a couple. Well, one of the touchdowns McCown threw was a third down play where I forget who it was, but I think um, Bruce Irving tackled the dude and he tackled him, twisted him and threw him down. And if you watch it, I mean, it just, just tackles, man. He just tackles him. <laughs> they call it 15 year penalty. <laughs> I mean, it just tackled the dude. It's like you can't even tackle anymore. You know, you got you to be careful how you tackle now. Go watch it and tell me. Even the broadcasters who, Dan Fouts, for crying out loud, um, longtime Charger. You know, even he was like, oh, that's ridiculous. So No, yeah, well, he had to retire because of concussions, so. <laughs> yeah. But, which makes it even more, you know, he don't have any sympathy for the quarterbacks nowadays because he got killed. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, they all did back then. But, you know, yeah. I hope that, I hope that, you know, we don't have to deal with the, the wussification of football players. It's a brutal sport, man. I don't know. The technology's got to be there to keep them safer. Um, you know, there is a certain level where the referees keep, keep them safe. But, um, you know, they can only do so much with calling caught with penalizing yeah. so um anything else i want you to change it to the cfl <laughs> cfl just passed a rule that there's no there's no live tackling allowed in practice oh oh they're they they are uh they're allowed to oversee practices there like that <laughs> they can't wow. even full full tackle there's not even full contact tackling in practice where they wear flags i don't know what they do who cares no one watches <laughs> yeah really it's Canada. What is it? The Calder Cup? What is that? No, the Calder Cup is for is that golf. For hockey. Oh, that's for hockey. Yeah, oh, that's for hockey. oh, that's that's right. That's right. That's the. That's uh, what that Syracuse the Crunch tri- were in. Yeah, the AHL. AHL. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I forget what it's called. It's called something like that, though. Anyway. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, I think that's about it for episode twenty nine. Yeah, that was I'd fun. Say so. Um. Yeah. So. I guess try to do um, another early week one next week after the game, and um, we'll we'll do all the same stuff. Um, maybe a little something different for the NFL so we can breeze through that. Uh, if you want to give us a call, 
The number is 1-804-977-1557. 1-804-977-1557. Call that number. You'll hear a generic message and a beep. Leave a message if you have a question, comment. Um, if you want to cuss somebody out, if you got want to talk about the NCAA, Orange, or you want to talk about um, NFL, give what's, us a call, leave a message. What's the of the NFL? What's the of the NFL? <laughs> Joe dares you. Joe, Joe dares you to call I it. I dare you. So, or if you have a question about Young Hoku, oh yeah, Young Ho, you want to talk about Young Hoes? Um, yeah, whatever you got. So, um, that's it for Joe. I'm Sean. This was episode 29. See you next week. Peace. You just heard the Nation podcast with Sean and Joe. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a a good one. In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more, but you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. 
But Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows.